Today is the 20th day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is great to be here with you today. I am probably physically back in the rolling hills of Tennessee, probably quite worn out, but coming to you from Jerusalem now to avoid the international travel and make 100% sure that I'm here around the global campfire today. What a pilgrimage we had in the land of the Bible. It will always, it always has, it will always stick with me for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it has always been enriching in my life. And I trust that that has been the case with everybody, including everyone who got to travel along day by day, step by step, virtually through the different places that we were able to visit. So it's been fantastic. And it's time to be home, and I'm ready for that as well. But what I am most ready for right now is to take the next step forward and dive into the scriptures today. We are working our way in and through the book of Leviticus. Today, chapter 9, verse 7 through 10, verse 20. Then Moses said to Aaron, Come to the altar and sacrifice your sin offering and your burnt offering to purify yourself and the people. Then present the offerings of the people to purify them, making them right with the Lord, just as he has commanded. So Aaron went to the altar and slaughtered the calf as a sin offering for himself. His sons brought him the blood, and he dipped his finger in it and put it on the horns of the altar. He poured out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Then he burned on the altar the fat, the kidneys, and the long lobe of the liver from the sin offering, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The meat and the hide, however, he burned outside the camp. Next, Aaron slaughtered the animal for the burnt offering. His sons brought him the blood, and he splattered it against all sides of the altar. Then they handed him each piece of the burnt offering, including the head, and he burned them on the altar. Then he washed the internal organs and the legs and burned them on the altar along with the rest of the burnt offering. Next, Aaron presented the offerings of the people. He slaughtered the people's goat and presented it as an offering for their sin, just as he had first done with the offering for his own sin. Then he presented the burnt offering and sacrificed it in the prescribed way. He also presented the grain offering, burning a handful of the flour mixture on the altar, in addition to the regular burnt offering, for the morning. Then Aaron slaughtered the bull and the ram for the people's peace offering. His sons brought him the blood, and he splattered it against all sides of the altar. Then he took the fat of the bull and the ram, the fat of the broad tail, and from around the internal organs, along with the kidneys and the long lobes of the livers. 
He placed these fat portions on top of the breasts of these animals and burned them on the altar. Aaron then lifted up the breasts and right thighs as a special offering to the Lord, just as Moses had commanded. After that, Aaron raised his hands toward the people and blessed them. Then, after presenting the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offering, he stepped down from the altar. Then Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle, and when they came back out, they blessed the people again, and the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. Fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When the people saw this, they shouted with joy and fell face down on the ground. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, put coals of fire in their incense burners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire, different than he had commanded. So fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned them up, and they died there before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord meant when he said, I will display my holiness through those who come near me. I will display my glory before all the people. And Aaron was silent. Then Moses called from Shale and Elzaphan, Aaron's cousins, the sons of Aaron's uncle Uziel. He said to them, Come forward and carry away the bodies of your relatives from in front of the sanctuary to a place outside the camp. So they came forward and picked them up by their garments and carried them out of the camp just as Moses had commanded. Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons Eleazar and Ithamar, Do not show grief by leaving your hair uncombed or by tearing your clothes. If you do, you will die and the Lord's anger will strike the whole community of Israel. However, the rest of the Israelites... Your relatives may mourn because of the Lord's fiery destruction of Nadab and Abihu. But you must not leave the entrance of the tabernacle, or you will die, for you have been anointed with the Lord's anointing oil. So they did as Moses commanded. Then the Lord said to Aaron, You and your descendants must never drink wine or any other alcoholic drink before going into the tabernacle. If you do, you will die. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation. You must distinguish between what is sacred and what is common, between what is ceremonially unclean and what is clean. And you must teach the Israelites all the decrees that the Lord has given them through Moses. Then Moses said to Aaron and his remaining sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, Take what is left of the grain offering after a portion has been presented as a special gift to the Lord and eat it beside the altar. Make sure it contains no yeast, for it is most holy. You must eat it in a sacred place, for it has been given to you and your descendants as your portion of the special gifts presented to the Lord. These are the commands I have been given. 
but the breast and thigh that were lifted up as a special offering may be eaten in any place that is ceremonially clean. These parts have been given to you and your descendants as your portion of the peace offerings presented by the people of Israel. You must lift up the thigh and breast as a special offering to the Lord, along with the fat of the special gifts. These parts will belong to you and your descendants as your permanent right, just as the Lord has commanded. Moses then asked them what had happened to the goat of the sin offering. When he discovered it had been burned up, he became very angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, Aaron's remaining sons. Why didn't you eat the sin offering in this sacred area? He demanded. It is a holy offering. The Lord has given it to you to remove the guilt of the community and to purify the people, making them right with the Lord. Since the animal's blood was not brought into the holy place, you should have eaten the meat in the sacred area as I ordered you. Then Aaron answered Moses, Today my sons presented both their sin offering and their burnt offering to the Lord. And yet, this tragedy has happened to me. If I had eaten the people's sin offering on such a tragic day as this, would the Lord have been pleased? And when Moses heard this, he was satisfied. Mark 4, 26 through 5, 20. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Jesus said, How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? 
When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat... The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him, but Jesus said, No, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Psalm 37, 30 through 40.
The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. They have made God's law their own, so they will never slip from his path. The wicked wait in ambush for the godly, looking for an excuse to kill them. But the Lord will not let the wicked succeed or let the godly be condemned when they are put on trial. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. I have seen wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil. But when I looked again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Look at those who are honest and good, for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them and they find shelter in him. Proverbs 10, 6 and 7 The godly are showered with blessings. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. We have happy memories of the godly, but the name of a wicked person rots away. Okay, so there is a story in the Gospel of Mark that we read today that is really poignant, and it's really poignant right now because we were we were just there. Like just days ago, we here in the land were at this spot talking about this very story. And this story, or similar stories, show up in other Gospels. But this is a story where Jesus goes to the other side of the lake. So he's going uh, into the land of the Gerizines. He's going into a part of the territory that is that is Gentile. So that's why there would be pigs present. And there's a Decapolis city there named Hippos Susita, one of the great cities of the time, one of the 10 great cities that were mentioned in today's reading. It's all on that side of the lake. It's the eastern side. And this is taking place on like the northeastern side of the lake. And this story always arrests my attention. Every time we read this story, I'm always stopped just because of how the dialogue goes. I think of Jesus kind of coming through a storm and finally docking on the shore of the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And he climbs out of a boat And according to the Gospel of Mark, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. 
Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Like, let's just think about this for a second. Can you imagine climbing out of a boat, not a cruise ship or anything like that, just a boat, climbing out, getting on the shore, looking maybe to your left, and this guy is running at you. I mean, it's a pretty riveting scene. Like, imagine how you react to that. If you see this guy running at you, you might jump back into the boat. You might run the other direction, but that's not Jesus. That's not what he did. And when the man gets to Jesus, he throws himself down on the ground and starts shrieking. And it's, it's his shriek that actually convicts me because he's bowed down before Jesus and he screams according to the gospel of Mark. Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? That catches me because I felt like that before. Not like this demon-possessed man who's running and cutting himself and all and howling and all this. But like so often we think that the faith journey is really there for our personal desires and comforts when actually a lot of the times those desires and comforts although they may make our life more easy or whatever, are traps for us. And so we kind of associate God's blessing with good things happening to us that are pleasurable and not that God as our Father would press in and dismantle things that will become a trap for us and that will put us in bondage. And so when that disruption comes... We can find ourselves in the same position. Why are you interfering with me? In the case of this man, certainly the evil spirits didn't want to be interfered with, but Jesus was there to set this person free. And so he was going to interfere. He will interfere to set his people free. As we know that the story goes, the demons are cast into a herd of pigs who rush into the water and drown and the man returns to his right mind in the presence of Jesus and it's you know something like this happening would have spread pretty quickly especially with the pigs like they probably had herders and they saw this all happen and they ran to tell the nearby villagers and then Word would have spread to hippos. People would have come down off the mountain to come see what is happening. And that is what happens. Actually, I read from the Gospel of Mark. People rushed out to see what had happened. And a crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid and because of that even though they have seen with their own eyes that this person 
that they could not, they could not contain this person who's clearly in trouble is actually being made whole before their eyes is having like a rational conversation has got his clothes back on and they fear and then they plead with Jesus to go away and leave them alone that part of the story is convicting to me too I have done these things in my life And although I have never prayed a prayer, Jesus, would you just go away from me and leave me alone? It's by our actions. It's by our motivations. It's by our interior life. When we find that we are in a season where we have to endure, we feel like maybe the Lord is pressing in and into some things within us and it's painful and uncomfortable even if we know rationally that this is about our freedom, it's too long of a journey and it's too painful and we don't like it and we don't want it and it's too disruptive and it's making us feel anxious and it's making us feel any number of ways that are not comfortable, we can very easily dismiss it. Dismiss it. Go away from me. Why are you interfering with me? Or it can lead us into a place of fear, which which really is a choice. If the Lord is leading us, he is inviting us to take steps of faith and we can step forward afraid and mistrusting that he has good in mind for us, that freedom is really what he wants. We can become afraid of what we see God doing around us or in us and just cave And in the same way, maybe not with words, but with deeds, plead with Jesus to leave us alone without even realizing what we're doing. This place is called Cursey. And we've talked about this in the last few days, just kind of talking about the different places that we've been, but being there and spending a few minutes just kind of immersing in the place and just imagining the story play out and considering the places in our lives where we may find ourselves in the same kind of position. It's really enlightening and eye-opening when we think back over our lives. And so let's give that some thought today. And Jesus, we love you and We trust you. And the truth is, no matter what we put our trust in, no matter how much power we think we have, no matter what we do, we are still utterly dependent upon you. Ultimately, you are our source of life. We are completely dependent upon you. And so often when you are leading and directing and we pray that you would lead us into all truth and we pray that you would comfort and revive us, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. But when you do, and it doesn't look like what we were expecting, we find ourselves in these weird positions where it's almost as if we're asking you to go away. Why are you interfering with us? So we ask Holy Spirit that you would show us what that looks like in our lives 
that we might go to the next level of trust with you, that we might put our trust for our very lives in you and walk with you and obey you because you are leading us into the truth. You are leading us on the narrow path that leads to life. Help us to recognize the ways that we resist this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com That is home base. It's the website. It's where you find out what is going on around here. I guess we basically do know what's going on around here. Traveling back to the rolling hills of Tennessee for me. Traveling back for lots of people. Lots of people have probably arrived back. What I can guarantee is jet lag abounds. And so that's what we'll be moving through for these next few days. Just trying to kind of reassemble ourselves all in one place. And indeed, thank you as a community for your prayers. Over all of that re-immersion into regular, ordinary life. That the journey that we have been on will change what ordinary life looks like. Even as we just get rested and adjusted Thank you for your prayers profoundly. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, if you find being around the global campfire is life-giving, thank you for your partnership. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. That would be the red button up at the top. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Hi, family. This is Biola from Maryland. I know it's been a while, but I've been listening and just cheering you all on in the background. Well, I want to pray for everyone that's in Israel right now. Brian and Jill, it was great to hear all of you, see you all um, on this wonderful trip, uh, this pilgrimage. Father Lord, I pray that you will meet each person, oh God, at the point of their need, that you will draw each person closer to you in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that they will not remain the same again, oh God, Lord, that when they come home, there will be a renewal, oh God, in each person's life, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you for River Joy. I thank you for her life. She says she's going through a time of wilderness right now. Well, sister, if you want to think of your life as seasons, you're probably going through the winter of your life right now. And you know, the good thing is that winter never, ever lasts. It always ends. So, I'm I'm praying that this winter in your life will end very, very soon. And as you're going through it, the Lord will give you the strength and the wisdom 
and the grace to successfully learn the lessons that is teaching you and go through the wilderness in the name of Jesus. Um, um, Grandpa Bob, I want to pray for Marlene. I pray for complete healing for your wife in the name of Jesus. Father, have mercy upon Marlene. And Lord, in no time at all, let her be walking around and enjoying strolls with her husband. And I thank you, God, for um, giving them the grace to see one more year in their um, wedding anniversary and then so much more. Lord, I lift up his little Sherry. Father, thank you for this counseling that she's going for. I pray that you will touch her and meet her, oh God, Lord, through the counselors in the name of Jesus that she will achieve everything, oh God, that she has set out to do. Hello, how you doing, my daily audio Bible family? This is New Creature in Christ in Alabama. And... You know, I love you all. First, I want to say that I love you all, and I love Jesus. And I just thank God that I have a daily audio Bible family that when I need to fellowship or I need to get into the Word of God and I need to just feel that energy that I can listen and I can hear my brothers and sisters praying for each other and with each other. I can hear Brian giving us the Word for the day, and it's just amazing. And I just want to say a quick prayer real quick for everybody. Uh, dear Father God, we come before you and we ask that you forgive us for everything that we have done. And we just want to let you know that we love you. We praise you. We adore you. We thank you for the blessing that you gave us to have another day to get it right. Father God, we ask that your will be done in our life, in our family's life, in our friend's life, and even in our enemy's life, Father God. We ask that your spirit move through the world, Father God, that you save us from the temptations of the evil one, Father God, that you give us the bread that we need today. And we know that you are the provider, Jehovah Jireh. We love you and thank you so much for sending your beautiful son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. I love you all. I love you all. Peace. Good morning, DAB family. My name is Neil. I live in the North Georgia mountains. I am new to Daily Audio Bible, only about two weeks into January. I discovered you, but I have quickly caught up. I enjoy listening to these podcasts, and I now listen on the proper day. When my wife was 13 years old, she was the victim of a forced encounter at the hands of a cousin. When she told her father, he basically called her a whore and said it was her own fault. When my wife was 18 years old, she married somebody that turned out to be an abusive alcoholic. These are just two of many things that have happened to my wife before I met her. We met in 09, got married in 2010 and been together for 11 years. In April of 2020, her father passed away and it kind of triggered something in my wife. Within a couple of months, she had left the marriage, left the family and has chosen an alternate lifestyle and lives two hours away. I am currently standing in the gap and praying for my wife's salvation the salvation of my kids and the restoration of my marriage and family. I am convicted to stand for her if I don't pray for her, who will? If I don't fight for my family and my marriage, who will? And I welcome your prayers joining me in fighting for the salvation of my family. Hello, fellow Dabbers. 
This is Wayne from Maine calling. It's been quite some time since I've called. And I wanted to check in and say hello to everybody, and uh, especially my two brothers that are listening. Hey, it's uh, wonderful to hear the recap of the trip in Israel. I went there in 2017, and boy, I tell you what, it was a life life changer. So uh, shout out to my Red Bus comrades. You know who you are. Listen, I wanted to encourage all of you that are on the trip to soak up as much as you can. This is a tremendous amount of spiritual soul searching that you're going to have in the next couple of days. And my prayer is that you allow the Holy Spirit to move in you and to do a mighty work. I'm currently back in West Africa for the next five months and I ask for prayers that the Lord keep me close as my provider and my guide. So wherever you are, both physically, mentally, spiritually, I ask that you remember to act justly and to love mercy and walk humbly with our God. This is Wayne from Maine. Cheers, guys. Good morning. This is Dr. Mac, Alexandria, Virginia. I'm calling in to pray for Gia, who calls herself God in action. I heard your testimony, Gia. What a woman of strength. What great, resilient faith you have. After having been through so much, losing your baby of 15 weeks, going through DNC, and then being on life support, because of that infection that you had, and now legally blind. Listening to your testimony, my heart was touched to the resiliency of your faith. You know, I re- remember Jeremiah 29, 11 for you, where God says that, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to bless you and to give you a hope and a future and to take you to an expected end. And then you will call on my name and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things you know not of. I pray for you like Jesus prayed for Peter who was sifted by the enemy, that your faith will not fail you. And when you are strengthened, you will strengthen those of us in the body of Christ who needs to be strengthened. Father, in the name of Jesus, restore my sister Gia's faith. Restore her sight, Lord God. She believes that you are going to restore her sight. And we here in DAB believe with her that her sight will be restored and that you will give her a powerful testimony of your healing power, of your greatness and your love for her. Yes, of course, Lord God. Like Daniel said, the people who know that God will be strong and do great exploits. And she will be strong and do great exploits in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> 